Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearly Martin. Biblical principles for in the healing. You guys, we're getting ready to rhyme out word, read, Jonah. <laughs> we're getting ready to rhyme a word, read, Jonah 3 and 4. You guys, like, subscribe to my YouTube page, Gene Martin. Um, 1681. Send you guys an invite. Let you know I'm here. I'm live. I'm right here right now. This second, this minute, this moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this another beautiful day for waking us up, allowing us to live in it. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Inviting a few people in, let them know that I'm here, letting them know I'm here. We're here. Come, let's stop, let's fellowship. Let's stop and fellowship. Guys, want to stop and fellowship and break bread? Let's break bread together. Come, let us reason together. Let's come, let's reason together. Alrighty, guys, ready? We're getting ready to. Getting ready to start. One more minute. Just inviting a few more people. Okay. Here we go. Alrighty, guys, here we go. We're getting ready to go. Jonah, 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 Jonah. Thank you, Lord. So let me set it up. Let's set it up. Let's set it up. Let's set it up. Jonah, chapter three and four. We Raymond read Jonah, chapter one and two. Now, see, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Jonah chapter 3. Father, we thank you for being in the midst of us, for being amongst us, for helping us to be, calling us to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath, Father God. Father God, we just ask that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive your rhema word. In Jesus' name, we pray. We uh, yield our members to you, Lord, so we can be obedient to whatever it is that you say. And we thank you for imparting unto us spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, 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 and amen. Thank you, Lord. This is here. It says that Jonah goes to Nineveh. So we know in chapter 2, 1, the Lord came to Jonah and was telling him, I need you to go to Nineveh. Um, but Jonah didn't want to go, so he wanted to go to Tarnish. So he got on a boat and he started trying to go his way instead of God's way, trying to run from the presence of the Lord, which we know is impossible because God is omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at the exact same time. So trying to run from the Lord is like <laughs> trying to run from the sky. I mean, it's impossible. God is everywhere, right? He's the creator of the heaven and the earth. <laughs> So it's not possible to run from God. He tried to run from the presence of the Lord. The spirit of the God, Lord, he, he, uh, he's everywhere. Okay, so let's just get that one. So anyways, when he got onto the ship um, with a bunch of soldiers, he bought a ticket and he got on there and he just turned their life upside down. Their life was in chaos. 
because they had opened themselves up to a spirit of rebellion. Sometimes our life can be in chaos when we open ourselves up to the spirit of rebellion. Just make sure you are aware of the people that comes into your life, the people that comes into your inner circle, the people that you allow to come close to you and next to you. Because one thing we always say, like when the devil wants to use someone, he sent, he, he wants to uh, distract you or mess with you, he uses a person. And when God wants to encourage you and bless you, he uses a person. When the devil wants to curse you, he uses a person. And when God wants to bless you, he uses people. God uses people, right? He put his spirit inside of us. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So here we go. Um, verse three. So Jonah told him, he said, listen, they begin to pray, cast lots to their God to see why is this going on? You know, what is it? Why is all this turmoil here? Why is the devil in my space? You know, it's like everything seems to be going in chaos. Pick up on that. That's not coincidence. That's not accident. When a lot of things start happening all at one time, like this first, this happened, then this happened. Like, like Job, you guys remember Job? His daughters died, his sons died, this died, the cattle died. It, it was, it was a, a stream of a different events. That's not coincidence. That's demonic. The devil was doing those evil things because we know that God didn't do it because the word of the Lord tells us that the Satan came to God and asked him and God said, well, you know, have you considered my son Rick Joe? We don't want to get into that right now. But anyways, all I'm saying is make sure that you are aware of what's in your environment. If it's causing, when they come on the scenes, a whole bunch of uh, uh, strife attached to that is going to bring it into your life. Matter of fact, Proverbs say don't make friends with an angry man or a hot-tempered man lest you learn their ways. Um, hang with evil, become evil. Hang with wise, become wise. Um, the word of the Lord is true. He said bad company ruin good morals. He's talking about relationships. He's talking about associations. Be careful of who you attach yourself so here Jonah was in rebellion and um, everything was smooth. Their sailor, the sailing was smooth. But when they put Jonah on the boat, he bought his chaos. He bought his rebellion and he bought strife and all kinds of evil conflict into their life. And so um, verse three, we're picking up um, when we know Jonah was thrown over the boat. He said, throw me off the boat and the storm will cease. So now we're on chapter three. We're picking up on chapter three. That was just a quick preview of chapter one and two. So three says, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Cause that's the, after he spoke to him. <laughs> How many times does the Lord have to speak to you to get you to do what he tells you to do, to get, to get us to do <laughs> what he tells us to do. So first time the Lord came, he said, listen here, I need you to go to Nineveh for me. I need you to go over here and preach repentance to these people. So God said, no, go. And Jonah said, no. <laughs> and when God is telling us to do something, the word of the Lord says it's the way of the transgressor that's hard. Okay. So life was hard for Jonah. He got on that ship. <laughs> and even though he was able to sleep, the morning, Lisa. <laughs> I'm reading Jonah. I'm on chapter three now. Life is hard uh, when we don't live in fellowship with the Lord. The, the way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the sinner is hard because we know because we done been on both sides of the track, right? 
because when we're not doing it with God, uh, we're, doing, we're trying to live life without God. And that's that's hard. It's not that we're not going to have trials and tribulations because we are. Jesus said we would. Uh, in this world, we're going to have some trouble, right? But he said, if we keep our minds stayed on him, he'll keep us at perfect peace even, even in the midst of the trouble. Hey, it's not that we're not going to go through, it's how we go through. I can go through with my mind on Christ and have peace in my mind, or I can try to go through uh, in my own strength and in my own power and in my own might, and I'm going to feel the heaviness of that weight. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, he, did not, he does not want us to carry the cares. He does not want us to carry the fears. He does not want us to carry the worries. I know this is true because he tells us to cast our cares, to cast our fears, to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. I'm still praying for you, my sister Lita, uh, and your family. Um, verse 2, it says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Now, this is the second time he already told him. Chapter 1, he told him to go to Nineveh and preach deliverance to my people. Now, now, John had been thrown over the well, and, and, and Weldon took most, spit him out. Now, God is still talking to him. He said, now, now I need you to go do what I say. <laughs> How many of you know that God does not change his mind? And sometimes we haven't gotten another word because we did the first word. We did the last word. So uh, Jonah did all what he did, <laughs> try to run from God, go in a different direction from Nineveh and everything. But when the Spirit of the Lord came back to revisit him, he gave him the same instructions because we're not going to change God. God wants to deliver us so we can be changed, so we can be transformed and changed. We're not going to transform God. He's steadfast, immovable. His word is always the same. He's the rock. He's our refuge. He's our hiding place. He said, I need you to do what I say do. I'm not trying, I'm not gonna do what you say do. I need you to do what I I say do. Unless what you're asking is in my will and in alignment with my word. Listen, I'm, you're not gonna change me. So we might as well quit kicking against the prick, okay? Jonah was kicking against the prick. He wanted what he wanted, even though that's not what God wanted. So God wasn't going to give Jonah what he wanted. If he was going to get it, he was going to get it his way. And that's what makes it hard when we're doing things opposite to what God said. Verse 3, this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command. He went to Nineveh because he, you know, he went through some stuff. He, he was in the belly of the well. You know, it's like I say, some people won't, don't see a need for God until they need God. So when Jonah found himself trapped and locked up in the belly of the well or in jail or in bondage or in a place of confinement, in a place that he could not free himself from, then he said, this is a God, a job for God. Can't nobody get me out of this. Can't nobody deliver me from the belly of a well but God. So he, you, we know in chapter two, he began to pray and, he, and God spit him out on the dry land. So now he's willing to obey. But the reason Jonah went through what he went through is because he didn't want to go through what God told him to do. And so that's why he went through what he went through in his case. Okay, um, this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it to see it all. It's a huge city. Verse 4, on the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds. So the day that he got there, <laughs> he started shouting to the crowds. 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. He said, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. 
The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. So when Jonah came to preach the message, the people, got their hearts were already prepared. God knew these people's hearts were prepared. They began to repent by putting on burlocks. They used to put sackcloth and ashes in the Old Testament as a sign of repentance. These people was ready to repent. These people were sorry. They declared a fast and put on burlock to show their sorrow. They showed that they were sorry. I always tell people that repentance is evidence. You can see sorry. When people are sincerely sorry, um, when they're sorry to God, you're going to be able to actually see the outward transformation because to repent means to turn completely around and away from. It's not a pivot. It's a complete 360. It's a complete turn around. So sorry, you should be able to see sorry when it's godly sorrow. Verse 6, it says, When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down. He stepped down from his throne and took off his world robe. He dressed himself in burlap lap and sat on a heap of ashes. Now the king, the king came down. He, he humbled himself. He's, who am I in the presence of God? It didn't matter what his title was. It didn't matter what his position was. It didn't matter what his social status was. And his identity was not, his humility was not based on his identity. His humility was based upon who his God was. Who am I? Who am I when it comes to the Lord? So the king himself, he dressed himself in burlock and he sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. The king was sorry. We need to pray for our leaderships. So our leaderships can be repentant. Our, the king was sorry. The king issued a decree. He said, listen, everyone, everyone needs to wear garments. Everyone needs to go in mourning. We all need to repent before the Lord. They had a day, you know how they have days of prayer. They had a day, day of repentance. He said, they must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Thank you, Lord. The king was sorry. You know, this is why we need to pray for those that are in authority. Pray for leadership. Pray for those that are in authority that God will draw them to repentance so they too can declare and decree and pass some godly legislation. Let's pray for our leaders, those that are in authority, because the king was sorry. The king was sorry. Verse 10, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind. This is what repentance does. It turns away judgment. He was sorry. 
He was sorry for what they had done. They was godly sorrow. They were sorry to God. They said maybe God will see. They wasn't sorry because Jonah said it. They recognized Jonah as being a prophet. They recognized Jonah as not just being a man, but he was a man who spoke on behalf of God. And so they wasn't looking at the vessel. They was hearing the voice. And God said, my sheep know my voice. And sometimes we're distracted because we're looking at the vessel and we dismiss people because of the vessel and we can't hear the voice. But God says, my sheep know my voice. So verse 10, he said, when God saw what they had done, because repentance is evidence. You can see, sorry. What they had done, how they had put a stop to their evil ways. In other words, they turned away from it. They quit being wicked. They quit living a lifestyle that was contrary. They repented of their evil ways. They changed. This is how you know that when someone is sorry for real, you should be able to see it when they're sorry to God. You should be, you have to know God to be sorry to God. Um, it, you're going to be able to see it in their behavior. So when you see people pivoting and starting to change their behavior, they, they're sincerely sorry. He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. God changed his mind because they had repented from their wicked ways. So God changed his mind. He said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna destroy the city of Nineveh because they repented, they changed, they turned away from their evil ways and they turned their heart back to God. I don't know about you, but repentance is really an everyday lifestyle. Uh, repent. They repented of not being obedient to God. They repented for not listening to God. Uh, and they turned their hearts away. Verse 4, he said, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. He was mad because these people got delivered. He was upset because these people changed. It says, this change plainly greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. He was angry because these, God, these people had turned from their wicked ways and God forgave them and Jonah was angry. That's, that shows you something inside of Jonah, right? That, that tells you a lot about Jonah. That tells you a lot about the people around you when they're not happy about your change. Because the reason they're not happy about your change is because they want you to continue to do the same thing. So Jonah wasn't happy about their conversion. He wasn't happy about their deliverance. He wasn't, what's wrong with you? You don't drink with us. You don't do what we do. You don't go where we go anymore. These people, people that's not happy about your conversion, people that's not happy about your repentance, people that's, these are not people that's for you. Verse two. So he complained to the Lord about it. Mm -hmm. He kept, he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran away to tarnish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. He was angry because Jonah was evil. 
He wanted to see the people destroyed. He was hoping that the people would not repent. He wanted to see the he wanted to see God destroy the people. So he was angry at God because of his grace and because of his mercy. But the word of the Lord says, I show mercy to whomever I want to show mercy to. I'll show mercy. I'm God. I show mercy to whoever I want to show mercy to. Verse three, he says, just kill me now, Lord. He was very angry. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted would not happen. The Lord replied, is it not right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. He wanted the city to be destroyed. But the people repented. And so God turned his anger away from him. Verse 6, And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow up there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant because he had some discomfort. The, the shade provided him, the leaves provided him with shade, and he was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant, so it, was, it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind. He was teaching him something. He arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. It was a hot, it was a hot wind, not a cool breeze. It said the sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. <laughs> it was so hot. Death is certainly better than living like this, Jonah said. He said, it's better. Should I rather be dead than I live like this? He explained. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? What are, you know what? You know what? The root cause is really the real cause. Now, God is really, this. this you know, the Lord deals with us from the inside out, right? <laughs> so here he's teaching them a lesson. He said, listen. Now you angry? You angry because the he wasn't angry because the plant died. He was angry because he was discomforted. You know the root cause is the real cause, right? Yes, Jonah retorted. Even angry enough to die. <laughs> the Lord said, Jonah, are you angry because the plant died? Jonah said, Yes, yes. Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Verse 10, then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant. He said, you feel sorry. He said, you feel sorry about the plant. Though you did nothing to put it there. You feel sorry for the plant and you didn't even plant the plant. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh had more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? How powerful is that? Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. He said, you know, you feeling bad about a plant that you didn't even, you ain't even plant this plant. You have more compassion for the plant than you do for the people. Mm -mm. Lord Jesus, Jesus. He said, the same way you have compassion 
for the plant. It's the same way I have compassion for the people. How many of you know that God loves people? God loves people. It was for, that's that's the end of Jonah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was he was teaching Jonah the great lesson. That people, how many of you know, people are more important than anything, than anything. Because at the end of the day, all this stuff and all these things and all this, all these distractions, at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to matter is souls being saved. Because all this stuff that's on this earth, it's going to rust, it's going to moth, it's going to go to clay, whatever dirt. It's going to be left behind. The only thing that is important is people. And when we get too busy for people, we have missed God's purpose. The only thing that was really important in this case was that these people come to repentance. He sent Jonah there with a message. He didn't send him there to compromise, to fellowship, to indulge. He sent them there to say, listen here, it's time to repent. Now it was up to the people to decide what they was going to do with the word. But when they heard it, these people was ready to repent. Thank God for sending. He had to send somebody on the outside to come to the inside because there was nobody there. They was all wicked. So he he had to send someone on the inside. Maybe you're the one that God wants to send on the inside. He wants to bring from the outside to the inside. Maybe you're the one he wants to use to go tell your family. Maybe you're the one he wants to use to go tell your friends. Maybe you're the one he wants to go to wherever and let the people know that it's time to repent. That we must repent and turn from our wicked ways. You know, um, one of the things the Lord has been uh, talk, talking to me about, I was thinking about doing a little quick uh, real YouTube reel on it, is that why did he tell the people, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. They said, Lord, um, but I prophesied in your name. We, I mean, we, <laughs> we cast out devils in your name, right? He says, not everyone who says to me, Matthew, it's Matthew 7, 21 through 23. It's so, repentance is so important. Because, you know, we can have a form of godliness and deny the power. We can know about God, but don't want to live for God. Um, because when we get saved, our spirit gets saved, not our mind. But when we get saved for real, I'm talking about for real, because everybody that says the prayer of salvation ain't really saved. You know, it's with our mouth that we confess, but it's with our heart that we believe. So Jesus said, you're known by the fruit. Verse 21, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, would enter the kingdom of heaven. The worst thing is for someone to think they are have accepted Jesus Christ because maybe they got water baptized when they was a kid or whatever, but they never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We're called as ministers of reconciliators, as ambassadors of Christ 
to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't preach sin to sinners. We preach the kingdom that Jesus Christ, God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. He only had one. He gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for you, right? But verse Matthew 7, 21, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So everybody who's saying they know the Lord, some of them really don't know the Lord, right? He's saying, because he's talking about people who saying, pretending like they know him, will enter the kingdom of God. But the one who does the will of my father is the doer of the word that's blessed, not the hearer, only the word of the Lord says. But it's the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. It's the doer of the word. It's not the hearer of the word. It's not the knower of the word. Matter of fact, he said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. So we can know the word and still be in deception because if we're not doing the word, we're not walking in obedience, right? It's not enough for me to know. Matter of fact, he said, it's better for me not to know than to know and not follow and not be a doer of what he said. 22, he said, on that day, he said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, these are people who think in Jesus is Lord, but Jesus said, why do you call me Lord if you don't do what I say, right? On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then, well, this is Jesus talking. Jesus said, and then I will declare to them, this is Jesus telling the story. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity or lawlessness. He said, workers. We're talking about a life. Hi guys, this is Dr. Pearlie Martin. Remember to pick up all my books online at Arthur Pearlie Martin um, and, at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles under Pearlie Martin Books. You guys, remember to like this, uh, to subscribe to this podcast, help support this podcast, hit that subscribe button. And, and you guys make sure that you share the link. But more than anything, you guys stroll through here. I have over 200 some episodes. Stroll through here and see if God has a word for you. Again, this is Arthur Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys be blessed. And like I always say, keep looking for what's good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day.